Well, good morning. Wow, this is a lot more uh, people than my public speaking class up at Beaver High School. But uh, as you saw in the video, I'm Tyler Adams. I just graduated yesterday from Beaver High School. I want to thank all you for coming, just being able to celebrate all the young seniors out there, and of course, the not-so-young seniors out there, and anybody else in between. Uh, we guys thank, we th want to thank you guys for coming. Um, ever since freshman year, I've always wanted to go into sports broadcasting or something along those lines with doing stuff with sports. Uh, it gives me an opportunity just to be able to be a part of all the things I love, which is sports, be able to do stuff, work for ESPN, work for Fox Sports. Uh, ever since I was a uh, junior last year, I got to talk on Ad Astra Radio on the radio as we were broadcasting on Crusader Sports Network, our student-ran broadcasting network on YouTube. I got to run, that I got to reboot up a freshman year, got to take in charge of that. And we ended up, at the end of this year, we have about, since the two years or three years of being able to start that on YouTube, we've got about over 960 subscribers just in the community of Buer. So it's a blessing to be able to do that. So, like I said, I've always wanted to do something into broadcasting, be able to go around, be a part of athletics. But one day, Christy Briner, the pastor at the, uh, the kids' ministry, asked me if I wanted to volunteer and work uh, at Sunday school with the younger kids. And I took upon that, and I loved it. Got to connect with the kids. Kids connected with me. And it was something that I loved doing. And so I ended up also being able to help out at the summer camps here at the church. And I just love every minute of it. And so people always told me, ever since then, that I'm good with kids and I should do something with education. And I thought, no way. I'm an educator's kid. My mom's a teacher. And out of the behind-the-scenes stuff, they're going to be taller than me anyway. <laughs> so I thought, no way. I'm going into broadcasting, and that's all I'm doing. But last summer, at my youth group camp, we went to CIY for the first time, which is Christ in Youth. It's a very powerful camp that I loved going to, and everybody else did too. It's hosted by a different college each year. Last year is at John Brown University, and this year, middle schoolers get to go as well, and it's up in Tennessee, right? Uh, middle schoolers are going to Arkansas. Okay, middle schoolers are going to Arkansas, and high schoolers get to go to one Tennessee, so it's going to be quite a drive in those hot vans. So one day when we were there, you get to connect with your friends, you get to connect with yourself, you get to connect with God, and just meet new people. It's fun being able to meet new people around the country, around the region. And so one night, during one of the messages, I just started to feel something inside in my chest, in my heart, that something was going on. I didn't know what it was at that point. And so about 20, 30 minutes later, a worship song came on, and I knew it hit me, that God was telling me that I should listen to all those people and I should listen to him to go into education. And so I started to tear up. And because I knew what I was going to do with my life. I know I'm only a senior and things could change, but I just know that feeling. And CIY is so powerful that also every single guy in our youth group along that line was crying for some reason. That's how powerful CIY was. And I can't wait to go again. So besides a little promotion, it was awesome just to go and I can't wait. So next I need to pick a college. K-State has been my dream school ever since I was born. If you want to cue up the picture real quick. And so right now, I know Pastor Bones is looking down, just grinning and laughing at all the KU haters right now, having to deal with that picture right there. And so I applied to K-State. And obviously, I got in. 
so it was just an honor being able to uh, be able to attend my dream school here in the next couple months. So being able to go to K-State, my dream school, being able to go into education, I had everything lined up. And then I needed to start picking my rooms and what I was going to do, where I was going to live. So now, my dad went to a fraternity at high school, the farmhouse fraternity, or in college. And so we thought, okay, it'd be cool to try out. I'd be a legacy there. And so I went a couple weekends down, and I absolutely loved it. It was so fun. I wanted to get in so bad. Well, in the middle of that, my favorite sport is baseball. It's my one love, and I love just going to play baseball, just getting to watch baseball, any of that. Well, one day during fall ball, I was really working really hard to be able to have the best senior season I could. And so we went to a couple tournaments in fall ball. One day, I was playing second base, and I had to go cut off a, sh- a, a ball from the outfield to throw a third, and I felt my shoulder pop. So at that moment, I knew something was wrong, and so I babied it for a couple months, just seeing if it would heal on itself, icing it all the time, not doing anything. And I tried to get back in the swing of things about December. And once again, once I started to do stuff, my shoulder popped again. So I had to go to the doctor. And when I went to the doctor, we did scans, and I found out then that I had torn labrum, and I would have to get surgery. So now that I have to get surgery, I went back a couple times to the farmhouse fraternity and just tried to get in, tried to get more uh, people noticing me, how I really want to be part of that. And after all those weeks, I didn't hear anything, and so I did not get into the farmhouse fraternity, which it hurt me because it was something that I really wanted to do. And then I found out I decided I had to try playing baseball. And so when I was trying to play baseball, I couldn't swing or couldn't throw. It was just unfortunate things were happening. And so I had to get surgery that ended my baseball season, my senior baseball season, which it hurt so now, I don't really have a place to live at college yet. I can't play my senior baseball season. I'm still trying to find a room, right? Got to pick the dorms. And my room, my room date, the date picking in my room at my dorms was coming up. And so I was searching for months, trying to find a roommate, and I, could have, I didn't have very much luck at all. So my dad and my family, they were trying to tell me to have hope and patience and trust God, and I knew I should, but deep down, I was really feeling utterly hopeless. Man, high schoolers have a lot going on, don't they? Can I get an amen? That's, that's so true. Goodness. I try to keep up with high schooler schedules, and I can't do it, you know, but we all try. You parents do an amazing job. Can we give a round of applause for the parents of, of high schoolers and all the job, wonderful job you've done raising your kids? So today, um, high school students deal with a lot of pressure, right? Tyler just got done telling you through so many things. There's so many areas in which he's feeling the pressure of things upcoming in his life. High school students face pressure besides social pressure, which we all know is a big deal. We, we see pressure of getting good grades. We need to have the best possible GPA to get into the colleges that we want to get into. We feel the pressures of being borderline professional in athletics today. The athletics are on the rise for high schoolers. And so we see time and dedication and more practice hours going more and more and more into their schedules in high schoolers today. But for graduating seniors, you guys are at the, like, the point where it's, you know, like you're, you're feeling done, but at the same time, there's still a lot going on. 
Like, you still have a lot to look forward to, and some of the biggest pressures that you could think about might be hitting you all at the same time, because you have a lot more to think about now. You're about to leave the nest. You're about to be out on your own, and you have many details to work out. College, what college are you going to? What room, who's going to be your roommate? What your living situation even looks like? Uh, what you're going to be doing for work? How are you going to make money? How are you going to stay in the, at the college? How are you going to pay off tuition? How are you, what are you going to major in? What career are you going to select that's going to basically determine the trajectory of your life throughout the rest of your life? And the, what we find is within this section of time, these, these, la, these next like four years, you're going to make many decisions that will determine a lot of your, for the rest of your lifetime. A lot of the choices you make now determine tra- the trajectory of your life. Uh, they call it the defining decade, actually, talking through your entire 20s. I'm towards the end of my defining decade, so, you know, all my choices are made. I guess I'm here to stay, guys. Woo! But, <laughs> um, but I remember whenever I was in this position, and, and I, I was just graduating my senior year, and I had no idea. I had no idea what was going on, and I really didn't want to make the choices that I needed to make. I was terrified. I, the, the, everything, the, I could feel this pressure creeping up on me that I needed to make a decision of what I wanted to do, but I didn't want to make the choice because I'm very indecisive, and my wife's also indecisive. We make a great pair, guys. You should hear us try and pick out restaurants to eat. It's wonderful. But I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know where I wanted to go. And, and I, this feeling of responsibilities creeping up on me, the responsibilities of me having to actually take care of myself, the responsibilities of making the, the big choices, the big decisions, it was so terrifying. I wasn't ready for it. I don't think I was ready for it. Some of you seniors in the room probably way more ahead of the schedule than I ever was. And you know exactly what you're wanting to do, and that's amazing. It's so exciting. But for a lot of you, it can be very easy to feel kind of down a little bit. You're excited for graduating, but you can also feel a little down because of the things that, are, because of the things that you have to choose coming up. And so naturally, whenever we see increased responsibilities in entering your life, we see, equivalently, increased stress. The more responsibilities we take on as people, the more stress that we feel to maintain said responsibilities. And a lot of times whenever we engage so much time into the stress and how we handle the stress, and we all have different coping mechanisms on how we handle the stress. Some of us just burst out into flames. Some of us just hold it in, hold it in, hold it in. Some of us like to attack them just head on, actually handle it really well, very practically. And just, and just go about. We all have different coping mechanisms with our stress. And, and what you seniors are now finding out is exactly how you do handle that stress. And you're going to continue finding out how you handle that stress because I'm going to, spoiler alert, it doesn't go away. <laughs> you're going to hold on to that for a while. But whenever we see the increase in stress, what we also see is an increase in distraction. For some reason, the stress that we feel, and all stress is, is a distractor from what needs to be more important in your life. We see stress causing more distractions and more distractions in your life, and and this attention that we run into. 
the tension, what, what do I need to focus on, what do I need to do, I, I have this to do, I have this to do, this on my t- checklist, this on my checklist, and we become very distracted from very important things. Like uh, workaholics, I have a tendency to be a workaholic. Every single time I end up putting more and more hours into the responsibilities that I have at the church. And Honestly, I'm not the only pastor who's like this. Many pastors are like this. There's a lot of itty-bitty tasks to do within the ministry uh, throughout the week, and so we get hung up on them, and we completely forget the more important things, like our families. Forget to invest the time into our families. We forget to invest the time into our friendships, into, even into the people of the church. But more importantly, even us as pastors, but even everybody, we forget to invest time into our faith. So as humans, we're naturally lazy. We don't like to get up and do things. For instance, I made it past my senior year, but there were some instances I felt like I barely made it past my senior year. My homework assignments and my homework habits were not good at all. And senioritis is real. Younger kids out here, if you don't know what that is or you don't think you're going to get it, oh, you're going to get it. I didn't think I was. I got about February, and it's bad. So I just hit me, and I was ready to be done. I mean, you have a full day of school, you have practices, and then you have homework on top of that. I just want to sleep. I'm a teenager. And other instances would be, You're just claiming that you're going to work out. You really want to work out or you want to diet. Well, when it comes to that, you have the I'll do it tomorrow mentality where you keep saying, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow, and eventually you never do it. And with that, people make the excuse, too, of going to church. They say, I'll go to church next week, I'll go to church next week, I'll go to church next week, just because they don't feel like getting up or they just want to sleep in, which is nice. But, you know, coming to church is nice. And so they keep saying, I'll go to church next week. And that's an issue with teenagers our age of when you're going to college, you now have the responsibility to get up on your own. You have the responsibility to sleep in. You don't have to go to church if you want to. But if you want to continue your faith, you need to go to church, obviously. And so with that stat, when kids are in college, two out of three of two of three of every high schoolers quit going to church post-graduation. And so that would mean two out of every three of us high schoolers in here today would stop going to church almost completely. And so because of that, uh, because of that, people forget about him and his importance in all. And so you just lose your faith. And so that's the issue is that high schoolers just quit going to church, and they lose his faith. And honestly, guys, that's what we want to avoid, right? Naturally. We want, we want to avoid that as much as possible. We want you guys to love the church. We want you guys to be in the church. Those of you who are seniors, we want to see you grow to have and continue having a wonderful faith in Jesus, mainly because we want to see you in the kingdom of God at the end of all things, the kingdom of heaven, but secondly, and I think this is the really important, and we often overlook it or we kind of are very skeptical of it, is I, I th- we have to believe that God is still working, that God is still working and has the potential to completely shape and form the life that we are living today. 
I mean, we believe that. As followers of Jesus, we believe that God has full reign and sovereignty over this world. And, and so our faith should dictate that. Our faith should live into that. Our biggest temptation, as Tyler was talking about, is to postpone actively pursuing our faith because we look at our responsibilities, right? We look at all the things that we have to do, all these things that are piling up in our lives, and, and faith kind of takes a wayside because we, we have all these different things to do. And also we might think, you know, faith is something that's more important for later in life whenever I'm, you know, closer to knocking on death's door. And so I have time. I can, I can invest in my faith later. We can, we can worry about this another day. But guys, the, what we miss is how important God is to your success in your life right now. And this goes for everybody. This isn't just for the you seniors. Everyone in here, we all know this to be true. And, and you could be thinking, Brandon, you have no idea what's on my schedule. You have no idea what I have to, what I have to deal with, all the things that I have to do. I have to put my focus in this. I have to, put, I have to concentrate on this. And so we do. We, we put faith to the side. We concentrate on our different things. And, and the question then becomes, how, how long can we keep this up? Because by my own strength, if I'm just working on all the different things in my life, all the different tasks I have at hand, we, we burn out. We get so tired. We, we, we just, by my own strength, I don't know if I can keep going at the pace that I need to do to keep up with all of, all of my responsibilities. And so the problem becomes, how much energy do we really have? Seniors, you will quickly find, how much energy do you really have to keep up with all of the homework that you have on top of the studying whenever it's finals week? You're going to find that there's going to be an increase in responsibilities that you're going to be like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if my body can physically do it. This, uh, this reminds me of a passage, um, a little short, short two verses um, from the book of Isaiah. Um, Isaiah was this prophet who wrote uh, to the Jewish people, and within his book, he, he illustrates many prophecies detailing the life of Jesus. But within this one section, he, he kind of illustrates this point. He says, even young, even youths grow tired and weary. Even, even you graduated singers, you will grow tired and weary. You feel excited now, but you will grow tired and weary. And young men will stumble and fall. But, Brandon, you're forgetting something. Oh, there you go. There you go. But those who hope in the Lord, they will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You're going to have your ups and downs in life, but it's how you handle it. If you don't have God in your life, and if you don't trust God that he's there when you have your ups and downs and when you keep saying, I'll go to church tomorrow and you lose your faith, you're going to have that hole inside that you may be happy, but deep down, you're going to be empty and you're going to be missing something. You want to have those wings like eagles and keep flying. You don't want to lose your wings and continue to fall farther and farther and farther away from God. I mean, God's the way, the truth, and the life. I mean, it's that simple. If you lean towards him, you're going to be okay. Also, you need to fix your eyes on God. 
So a passage in Hebrews says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from the sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Doubts are going to come. It's inevitable. And those, if you don't know what inevitably means, which I didn't a couple years ago until I watched Avengers and I had to Google it, it pretty much just means it's unavoidable. It's going to happen. It eventually will happen. You can't avoid it. But how are you going to handle it? I mean, God, or Jesus, he endured the cross. He scorned the shame. But he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I mean, things could be worse. God took all of that weight from the sinners for us so we can trust him. We can trust God. And like the, second, or like the third song said, don't go saying, I'll do it tomorrow again and again and again. Run to the Father again and again and again. And, and this is where faith really hits the road, guys. The, we, whenever we live and are able to experience and live in the hope and the freedom of what Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection means, this is, where, this is where faith becomes faith. And Tyler's right. Doubts will come. You guys will have moments in your life. All of us have already had moments in our life where we will doubt, is, is God really sovereign here? Does God really have the ability to rule in my life? Is he able to guide me the direction that I need to go? Because honestly, I'm not so sure. He just feels far. And, and doubts will creep in. And they'll say, I don't know. I don't know. Is God going to work here? Is God going to move here? Is God moving here? I don't know. And honestly, we wouldn't really call it having faith if doubts weren't real, right? That, that's, I mean, it's almost like doubts are a precursor in order to have faith. In order to show to, that you have faith, you have to have something of faith that you're, a doubt that you're going against, Right? To have faith that Jesus and God is working in your life is to understand that you have this doubt that he might not be. But you stand in faith. You stand in the belief. You stand in the hope that he is. And you live in that hope. It's where faith becomes faith. It's where you are willing to sacrifice to give up everything, that you, every single bit of control that you might have in your life to give it over to God and say, God, take me, do with me what you will. Make me your servant. And honestly, guys, what we ask you to do is no small thing week after week after week. Christy just talked about last week, surrendering your life over to God, surrendering everything over to God. And as we relinquish control, relinquish control over all pressures, all stressors in your life, we see God take them and move you through them. And not only move you through them by just getting through them, but by moving you through them on top, getting you through them in a way better than you could have ever done on your own. God will take you where you need to be. And, and the, the common misconception of faith is, is that this idea, if we focus on our faith, everything else is going to fall apart. 
that if I spend the time actually investing into my relationship with Jesus, if I actually spend the time reading the scriptures, praying to God, coming to church, that other things in my life are going to fall apart. But guys, I, don't, I just don't think that's true. I don't think that's true at all. Because honestly, I think investing your time in Jesus is almost like a keystone habit. A keystone habit is something that you do and it inspires you and it makes you more productive throughout the day. I think investing your time in your relationship with God is a keystone habit. As you invest your time with Jesus and you allow him control in your life, then it starts taking you down a direction in a road that you never even thought that you could even do. And it's like Isaiah mentioned earlier. Can we throw that verse back up for me? You're going to feel tired. You're going to feel weary. Doubts will come. But to trust in God, to live in the hope of God, renews your strength. It renews every ounce of energy that you have lost within yourself to spur you on, to make you more successful in life than you could have ever been without him. The only thing to, to do is to trust that that's the case, to have faith that is the case. The only thing left to do is to understand that your number one priority in your life, and you have lots of priorities, you have lots of responsibilities, but your number one responsibility in your life is to trust in your heavenly father, to trust the one who created you, to trust the one who saves you, to trust the one who loves you, again and again and again. We invest in that relationship first because we trust that God wants what's best for us. We invest in that relationship first because we trust that God has a plan for our lives. We invest in that relationship first because we trust that he will not fail us ever. We invest in that relationship first because we trust that he will equip us to do what we need to do. And once the doubt creeps in, because it will, once the doubt creeps into your mind, you choose to stand in the faith that God has you. It's not complicated just to understand that God is gonna take you where you need to be, that God's looking out for you, that God understands you, that he sees you, and that he will get you through whatever missed opportunities might come your way. Whenever you can look and stand in your life and say that I'm fully relying on God's strength in my life, guys, it's an unreal and astounding faith in your life. But another huge thing with gaining your strength in faith is having an accountability partner with this. For example, say that you have a roommate in college Keep each other accountable to where you're reminding each other to study your Bible. Do a Bible study, have a devotion, and go to church. If one of them keeps, if, if your roommate is slacking off going to church, hold them accountable and hope for them to do the same to you. You can do things by yourself, and you're going to have God with you, but it's also hard to keep your, say, keep your faith alone so you need someone with you, at least one person, to strengthen your faith. So I started to trust God myself, and I hoped that good times were coming. And so even though I could not play baseball, it killed me. I mean, my senior baseball season, I've spent, I'm 19 now, so I've spent basically 19 years 
playing the sport of baseball. The one thing I love, taken away, but I tried to make the best out of it. I'm still trying to have as much fun as I can and make the best of my senior year with my teammates. I'm trying to be the best teammate I can, and now we have regionals coming up on Tuesday. I'm trying to make them better and just show them that they can overcome adversity. And even though, also, I, could, I did not get into farmhouse, it was for the best. And even with that, I found a church. Every single weekend that I went to the farmhouse, on Sunday, I would go with a group of guys to the exact same church. And I absolutely loved it. I found a church home even before I go to college. So I don't have to worry about researching, bouncing back and forth for different, from different churches. I can just call that one church home from the very beginning. But now the one thing is, I still need a roommate. I mean, I didn't get in the farmhouse. And so I was still searching for a couple more months. And on Monday, May 2nd, I had to pick my room. And that Sunday, I still had not found a roommate. Well, at 10.30 at night, when I was doing my homework, finishing some studies for my finals coming up, I got a text on Instagram from a guy in the same situation that needed a roommate and realized that I needed a roommate. And so we talked for a little bit, and we realized that we had a lot in common, and we figured that we would be, uh, uh, excuse me, that we would be good to be roommates together. And so basically, I mean, just how dudes do, hey, you want to be roommates? Yeah, sure, why not? And so at 10.30 at night, the night before that I had to pick my room, I finally found a roommate, and I was overjoyed. It was such a relief to be able to have that after months and months of looking in doubt. And so that next day, I got to pick my dorm room, and I found out that a couple of my friends are actually on the exact same floor as I am, because that's going to be kind of fun. And then Tuesday, May 3rd, I found out I won a couple of scholarships going into education. So I was overjoyed because, I mean, K-State and college itself is not the cheapest thing anymore. And so being able to have that money just helps a ton. So on Wednesday, I got to be recognized at my school for those accomplishments I made. And the next day, Thursday, May 5th, I mean, it's my birthday, so who can argue with that? I had a pretty dang good week, and I had some other good news as, as well. But through all of this, I had an accountability partner myself. My dad was my accountability partner. I don't really talk a lot about my struggles with my stress and everything, but I do talk a lot to my mom and dad, and especially my dad. I open up to everything. And so I told him, and he was always reassuring me that it's part of God's plan, and if something didn't work out, God didn't want it to work out, and we had to make the best of it. For instance, not getting in the farmhouse. Even though I didn't get to the farmhouse, I found a church, and I found an awesome roommate with that. And so he would always help me through, and he would always reassure me that good things were going to come. And then, after I told all the great news to my family, my grandparents, my mom, well, my mom was just living with me, so of course she knew when my dad did, but... <laughs> Just being able to tell my family, my Mimi and Papa, they're here this first service. And just being able to talk to them about it. They always reminded me that of the prayers that we always asked for were answered. And I just had hope. 
I had patience, and I had faith with all of this. So this is what it's all about, guys. It's what it's all about. Whether you're a graduating senior or if you're an older person like me trying to navigate through the world. Oh, don't chuckle, older person like me. Teenagers call me old every week. It just, it's, it's already there. Sorry. Uh, but we, we believe that this message is for all of us. That we stand in faith, we stand in trust, and that trust propels us forward. We stand in trust and we stand accountable to each other. Seniors, as you leave, I want to I wanna kind of challenge you to use us. We're, we're not going, just because you leave doesn't mean that we stop caring about you. We want to hear about you. We want to hear about the life that you're living. We want to hear about how God's working in your life. And at the times in which you feel like you might be down, you don't, you're not sure how God's working, use us. The church is meant to be encouragers of faith, to encourage one another in faith. And I would say the same for us, even though we're here every single week, we're down. Use the church. Use the people here. We want to be able to encourage each other, to lift each other up into faith, rather than just to stand alone in the presence of the stress that, occur, that t- occupies our life. We trust and we encourage to trust because whenever we do, we see strength rise in us and we see God work. We see God doing amazing things. And as you continue to trust in your life, as you continue to live in the hope that God is currently working, it, it can be amazing to see how your life kind of transforms. My, Caitlin and I oftentimes say the same thing. I don't know where my life would be. I don't know where my life would be if I hadn't accepted God's calling into my life at this particular moment. God can take you places that you never dreamed of. Take you places and be in a great place in life. Be successful in life more than you could have ever dreamed of. So rely on him. Rely on his strength to get you through where he's calling you to go. Let me pray for you guys. Father, we, uh, we love you so much. And we, we thank you for being the wonderful, loving God that you are, sovereign God, the one who reigns over all, who, who is currently at work in this world. Father, it's, it's my prayer that you would open our eyes to see how you're working in the big things and the small things, that we could come to realize exactly how intentional of a God that you are, how intensive into all the inner workings of life that you are. That you, and, and give us the ability, the confidence, the boldness to trust in the midst of the hardest times. Embolden us to be strong followers, even though it's so hard to. Father, we, we want to cling to you. We firmly believe that you are capable, capable of completely transforming our lives, but also capable of giving us a new life and offer us a one, eternal life beyond this one. And so, Father, we lean into you. We run to you this morning. 
And it's in your name we pray. God, I just want to thank you for blessing Brandon and I to be able to come up here and give this message. And I want to thank every single one of these people out here to be able to come and no matter what they're going through, be able to continue their faith, not saying I'll go to church next week, being able to decide to go now. Just no matter what they're going through, they know that they have you. Uh, they have you. And I just want to thank you for blessing us to be able to come together and just be able to talk and learn more about you and just be able to celebrate us seniors graduating as we move on to the next part of your life. Uh, just be with us and we have a good day. And just be with us. We have a good week. In your name we pray. Amen. I want to thank you guys all for coming out. Just be able to have a good week. Uh, congratulations to all the other seniors here and anybody else graduating. Just good luck on your next step of life. God bless.